is a word of prophecy to someone here today? What you desire is what God alone can do. Yeah. There will be temptations to turn away from the path of righteousness. If you do, you will suffer loss. I pray you will not do that in Jesus' name. If you allow God to work out what he's doing in your life, you will rejoice. Amen. You will testify. Amen. Because he deserves the highest place in your life for what he has started, which he desires to, fu to fulfill, which he desires to finish. Where you are now, you never thought you could be. But that's not where God is taking you. God is taking you far, far greater than where you are now. You will get there in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for this moment. We lift your name on high. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. As we go into our go with us, speak unto us. Teach us. Let your name alone be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our seats. Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. It's been a wonderful uh, time in his presence thus far. I know God has started something glorious in somebody's life. And it shall be permanent in Jesus' name. For some time now, we've been looking at Psalm 136, verse 26. Psalm 136, verse 26. That says, very simply, Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven. For his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto who? The God of heaven. For his mercy endureth forever. And we, we were looking at this under the topic, the God of heaven. And we started by saying, the God of heaven is the owner of heaven and earth. Then we said, he's the one that enforces covenant. And then we said, the God of heaven is a helper. Is there anyone here that needs the help of God? Somebody is not sure. Do you need the help of God? Yes. Receive it in Jesus' name. Yes. Then we said the God of heaven is the incomparable God. There's no one you can compare unto him. He's the incomparable God. And we went further and said destiny is in his hands. I love that part. That's what my destiny is in God's hands. And I believe that's why that word came for someone here today. That what you desire, what you want, where you are going to, is where God alone can take you. If you allow him to, it will be glorious. Tell somebody it will be glorious. As if you mean to say it will be glorious. It will be glorious in Jesus' name. Last Sunday, we, we looked at the topic, we said there is fire in his presence. That is in the presence of the God of heaven. There's what? There's fire. It is that same fire. The Bible says it descended from heaven, consumed Sodom and Gomorrah. It is that fire from his presence that is unquenchable. That the Bible says goes into a place called hellfire. You will not go there in Jesus' name. Amen. It is the fire in his presence that consumes his enemies and by implication, whose enemies? Your enemies. That's why in the book of 2 Kings chapter 1, when the king sent that man and his 50 and he came and said, Oh man of God, the king says, come down. What did Elijah say? He said, if I be a man of God, let what happen? Let fire come down. 
and the fire came down from the presence of God and consumed the captain and his fifty. That is the fire we are talking about. There is fire in the presence of this God of heaven. It's that same fire that Moses saw. The bush was burning, but the bush was not being consumed. That's the fire. It's the fire that can fall upon you and consume everything that is contrary to God, but then purify you to stand before God. Make you someone that God can use. Make you someone that God can behold. That God will say, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Or who will God say, I mean, say that statement unto? Say, this, this is my beloved daughter. This is my beloved son. One of the things we were at the workers' meeting yesterday that we mentioned, that many at times we come to God as Christians, as children of God, and we are made to believe that everything now is bread and butter. That is not the Christianity of the Bible. Go from Genesis to Revelation. Everyone in the Bible that God lifted up had a season that he or she had to pass through his own fire. Her own fire. There will be tough times, brethren. If I tell you that once you give your life to Christ, there will be no tough times, I'm deceiving you. There will be tough times. But as a child of God, there's an assurance. And your assurance is victory. Victory is assured. Tell somebody, I will come out victorious. Brethren, if you don't pass your examination, you are not promoted. Is that not so? We all know that. I know many of us, and, and this, uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, there's this English test that they do. What, what is it? When I did, uh, uh, when I applied for my landed immigrant papers to Canada from Nigeria, we never had to do any English test. We just apply, they grade us. If you score above 70, then the probability of you getting accepted is high. And when I did mine, I scored 71. <laughs> God has been good to me from, from long time ago. Some people scored big points, but I scored what? That was enough. The Lord will prosper you. The Lord will lift you up. The Lord will take you to where he has proposed for your life. In Jesus' name. Just don't look at people. Don't look at anyone. Your race with God is individual. I've shared this story before. When I went for my interview in Ghana, the man we went, I met him on the plane. And now found out we are going to the same place. That man was a worker in Chevron. Those of us that know Chevron. <laughs> in Nigeria, those are choice places to work. He had a house. He had stocks. He had money. So, by all standards, the man was qualified. And all the three things I mentioned, I had none of those things. By all standards, he was qualified. We went for our interview. It was rough for me when they were interviewing me. The lady that interviewed me said, we don't need accountants in Canada. She told me that. I'm not telling you what somebody said. She told me plainly. My friend went for his interview. At the end of the day, I'm here today because I passed. They told this man that they would not give him the immigrant papers because he was unsuitable for life in Canada. And what we are told them, once they tell you that, there's nothing that can make them. So they are not saying you don't have money. They are not saying you don't have anything. They are just saying that for you, 
You cannot adapt to the life in Canada. That was the end. With all his money, his cash, his uh, truck and everything. I don't know where he is now. But I'm just trying to tell you something. Your destiny is in his hand. Once he has made up his mind concerning you, and I know he has made up his mind concerning someone here, yeah. ah, there's no going back. There's no pulling you back. You will make it in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will make it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, the topic we are going to look at very briefly, as much as time permits, I have two things I want to mention. I will not, I, 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 let, let's see how far we can go. Number one is that the God of heaven cannot be contained. It cannot be what? Contained. But he answers prayers. Isn't that wonderful? He cannot be contained, but he answers prayers. First Kings chapter 8. First Kings chapter 8, verses 27 and 28. First Kings chapter 8, verses 27 and 28. It says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built? Verse 28. Yet have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant. And to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayed before thee today. You see, Solomon built a house, a beautiful house, a wonderful house. We, are, we still pay reference to the temple in Jerusalem up to today. Is that also? It's been a contentious house. But when that house was being dedicated, he made this statement that I have built a house for God. But can a house contain God? Can a house limit God? Thank God for a place like this that God has given to us. This is our church. But is God limited to this house? That's the point. It, it cannot be contained. But there is one thing he does. He answers prayers. He answers prayers. And that is why we must realize that the purpose of a house is not to contain God, but to establish a house of prayer to him. To establish what? Brethren, that is the primary purpose. The Bible tells us that when uh, Adam had two, two children, we are told they are twins, Cain and Abel, and what happened to them? One day, Cain killed Abel. And what was his judgment? He was sent out from the presence of the Lord. Adam and Eve were left without a child. Then they had a child called Seth. And then Seth had another child. In Genesis chapter 4, the Bible now says, in his generation, men began to do what? To call upon the name of the Lord. Because they realized that this life you cannot leave it just in the physical realm. The Bible says, brethren, you and I were created to do what? To worship God. Everything about you must worship God. The songs you sing, the prayers you pray, where you walk, all about you. Your God cannot be limited to God in the church and not God at work. Your God cannot be limited to, limited to God at home, but God not, God not in the bus or not at school. All about you must please him. The purpose of the house was not to contain God, but to establish a house of prayer to him. 
This was emphasized at the dedication of that house. When you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 6, from verse 18 to verse 21, we're not going to read it. 2 Chronicles 6, 18 to 21. Solomon emphasized again that this, all I want you to do is have respect to the prayers of your children in this house. And that's why, even when the children of Israel were in captivity, remember the story of Daniel? Daniel will go to his room at the hour of prayer. What was the hour of prayer? 12 noon, 3 p.m., 6 p.m., 9 p.m. Every hour of prayer, Daniel will go to his room, open his window towards where? Towards Jerusalem. Because that's where the temple was. And prayed. And God answered him. God will answer you. Amen. Somebody is not sure. I said God will answer you. Amen. When Jesus met the money changers at the temple in Jerusalem, he re-emphasized the fact that this house, everybody, this house, is a house of prayer. Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 and 13, I'm going to read it. Matthew 21, verses 12 and 13. Matthew 21, verses 12 and 13. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all those that sold and bought in the temple. And he overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold those. Verse 13. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer. Say, but you have made it a den of thieves. When the house of God becomes a place of transaction, a place of, of other things apart from seeking the face of God. When the emphasis is, let's do anything, whatever it is, so long as it will bring people. Let's do anything, whatever it is, so long as it will make people happy. When God is not happy with you, but men are happy with you, you have made the house of God a what? A den of thieves. No longer a house of prayer. One thing I know, by God's special grace, in this sanctuary, God still answers prayer. Amen. Somebody is not sure. Oh, yes. I say God still answers prayer. Amen. Like we were, we were studying at, in our Bible study on Thursday, when we were talking about Nehemiah. The altar was consecrated, was dedicated, was anointed, was set apart in the temple. This altar has been dedicated to the living God and the living God alone. And we have an assignment. I have an assignment. A very simple assignment to ensure that this altar remains the altar of who? Not just any God. But who? The living God. The living God. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. He said, my house shall be the house of prayer. You have turned into a house of thieves. The second thing we must know is that the knowledge of God cannot be contained. What else cannot be contained? The knowledge of God. We all know Psalm 139. Psalm 139. From verse 6, Psalm 139 verse 6, the psalmist said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Then verse 7 says, Whither shall I go from my spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. 
If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Remember last week we said the fire in hell is part of the fire from the presence of God. So how then can you escape because you are in hell? It's not possible. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Look at verse 11. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. So darkness does not prevent him from seeing you. Tell somebody he sees you. Ah, somebody is not sure. Tell your neighbor he sees you. Now tell that person he sees me. Aren't you happy that he sees you? You know, we were discussing about that statement. God, I mean, the Lord is my shepherd. If he doesn't see you, can he be your shepherd? He sees you. He's looking at you. You may not know. I shared with us last Sunday about that young man who just went into his room and was just doing his own thing. He did not know that there are two angels that were standing outside his door that were guarding him. He did not know. He was just doing his own thing. Until an elderly uh, woman of God wanted to come into the room where this brother was. And the angel said no. The Lord opened her eyes. She was a, a pastor, a, an elderly minister of God. The Lord opened her eyes, and she saw those two angels that were guarding this young man. And they said, no, man, you cannot come in. Until the angel that came with her now spoke to those two angels and said, it looks as if you don't know who this woman is. Gave them some explanation. It was then they allowed that woman to go in and see the young man. The man, he wasn't praying, no. He was, just play, he was just in that room doing his own thing. Then the woman stood before him and said, eh? She couldn't talk. Because God had just opened her eyes to see something about that young man. Do you know what? The young man himself did not know that he had those two angels guarding him. You know, many of us, brethren, if you are a child of God, you are not alone. Tell somebody you are not alone. There are angels on assignment keeping you safe. There are angels on assignment there to ensure that you don't fall. I don't want to tell someone here you will not fall. I want to assure you you will not fail. That assignment that God has given us, you will fulfill in the name of Jesus. So his knowledge cannot be contained. There's nothing he does not know. There's no one he does not know. He knows you are here right now. Not only does he know you are here, he's here with you. I'm sure you know that there are what the Bible calls innumerable number of angels in this room now. I know that as we are here, the angels that God has assigned to my ministry, they are here and they are working. I say and they are working. I say and they are working. But I want to ask you a question. Do you believe? Do you believe? Because if you believe, you will receive. If you believe, you will not leave your empty handed. But if you don't believe, you cannot receive. That is it. There is a God. There is a living God in the sanctuary. There is a living God in the temple. There are angels on assignment to give. But they will only give to those that believe. Remember that story? The man of God was preaching. He was making pronouncements. And people were just looking at him. 
Until there's one brother there who comes to the church on, earth, on a yellow moon. He just happened to be in church that day. And you know, look at the ways of God. He didn't open the eyes of the pastor. He didn't open the eyes of the ministers. He didn't open the eyes of the choristers. He didn't open the eyes of anybody but that brother who comes to church maybe once in four months. And the brother saw that every time the pastor makes a pronouncement, the, there were some angels. He didn't even know they were angels. And he said, there was one tall man behind you because pastor asked him. He said, every time you talk, the tall man will take something from a bag and throw it to the audience. He said, but nobody was speaking it. And then there's another angel, another man that will do what? Go and pick it and put it back in the bag. He said he saw it once, he saw it twice. The next time, the pastor made a pronouncement, what did the brother say? He said, I grab it. And they were looking at him. They said, this brother, you are excited. Unfortunately, he couldn't tell them what was happening until after the service. I pray for you. It will not be too late for you. I said, it will not be too late for you. By the time Pastor Koya said, bro, what happened today? You were excited. Ah, He said, I saw two men behind you. Every time you make a pronouncement, one will bring out something from the back and throw it to the audience. Then he now explained what he saw. He was the only one grabbing it. You will not lose your reward. Amen. You will not lose your portion. Amen. That which the Lord has proposed for you today, you will not miss in the name of Amen. Jesus. His knowledge is uncontainable. Do you know what else? He has made you uncontainable. Amen. Tell somebody, I am, I am unstoppable. Nobody can stop you. If only you know the host that is with you. If only you know the plan and purpose of God that, is, that, that God wants to fulfill in your life. No wonder the Bible says that, how does the Bible put it? Is it Romans chapter 8? That the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. And that sons of God includes daughters of God. Are you here today? The creature, that is everything that God has created, is waiting for your manifestation. Amen. Will you manifest? Amen. I will manifest? You are uncontainable. Yes. Nobody can stop you, but you can stop yourself. You can stop yourself. Not only is God uncontainable, not only can God not be stopped, <laughs> you, because you are made in his image, nobody can stop you. Except you choose to stop yourself. Will you stop yourself? No. Somebody is not sure. Will you stop yourself? No. Tell somebody, I am, I am unstoppable. In Psalm 139, that's in Psalm 139, verse 14. Psalm 139, verse 14. He said, I will praise thee. See, we've been praising God wonderfully today. He said, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He just said, marvelous are thy works. How many people here are marvelous? Oh, yeah. Tell somebody, I am, I am marvelous. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul knoweth right well. Hallelujah. My soul knows that your works are marvelous. And among your works that are marvelous, I am number one. I am number one. There's no room for competition. There's room for all of us. Amen. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth very 
well. And there's a song that has come to my mind, but I don't know it very well. Uh, is it? God will do it again. Do you know what that song? Do you believe me? Yes, I believe it. <laughs> yes. Yes, I believe it. We'll turn it around if you do believe. That's a word of prophecy to someone here today. God will turn it around. I said, God will turn it around. I said, God will turn it around. If you believe his name, if you believe his name, God will turn it around. Amen. Brethren, machines may stop working. The presence of God will turn it around. Amen. Cars may break down. The presence of God will turn it around. Amen. It may look as if you have come to the end of your ways. No way forward. Physically, it's obvious. In fact, maybe they've given you a, le a letter. What do they call that thing? Uh, what do they call it? Uh, they will give, they've given you a letter saying, in, the, in three weeks' time, they will deport you. God will turn it around. Amen. I say, God will turn it around. Amen. If you believe his word, if you believe his name, Maybe they've told you, ah, bro, sorry, you can never have a child. God will turn it around. Amen. Maybe they've told you, my sister, some time ago, and you know the story, they removed your womb. God will turn it around. Amen. He has done it before. Yes. Is that not so? Yes. He has done it before. Yes, not even in the Bible. And remember the story that the Jews shared of that sister. That, 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 I mean, I don't remember the story again, but... Even though they said she could not get pregnant, the word of God came forward. She became pregnant. She went to UK. Was it UK or US? For the delivery. And they said, look, it's just once and for all. We don't want complications. Once this one is true, that is it. And so they did the CS for the sister. And they brought out either twins or triplets. But that was not the miracle. The miracle was that the person that did the surgery was looking at, he said, everyone was looking at her after she came back, and after the surgery. He said, why are you looking at me like this? And the man said, I've been a, uh, what is it, expert or whatever they call them. For so many years, I have never seen a woman carry triplets without a womb. That was a miracle. Hallelujah. Triplets without a womb. You are just attached to whatever. Is it not God that created the body? Is it not God that created the womb? Uh, whatever he chooses to do with your life, let him do it. I can only give you one assurance, it is good. Tell somebody it is good. It shall come true in Jesus' name. God cannot be contained. You cannot be contained. And I speak to somebody's life here today. You will reach your goals. No matter how much anybody tries to short circuit you, I believe that's the word, you will reach your goals. Amen. Remember, we said it before, you are unstoppable. Yeah. Because your father is unstoppable, you are unstoppable. Amen. Tell somebody, my vision is unstoppable. My vision is unstoppable. Say, my destiny is unstoppable. My destiny is unstoppable. 
Now tell your neighbor, because you are not serving, say, your vision is unstoppable. Tell your neighbor your destiny is unstoppable. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Are you here this morning? You've not given your life to Christ? Or you are watching online? You cannot be contained because your father cannot be contained. If he is not your father, ah, you are surrounded by limitations. But if he is your father, he has uprooted the limitations. You are not born again. You want to give your life to Christ? Just say with me, either you are watching online or you are in-house, say, Lord Jesus, I come before you this afternoon. I say, come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Every relationship, every bond with Satan, I destroy. I cut off. Father, write my name in the book of life and let it be permanently written. Let me be as uncontainable as you are. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I love you, Lord, for we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.